This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. We are in our third teaching this morning on the role of the Spirit in the family. First, faith working through love. So we have embarked upon a teaching, uh, teaching uh, to the believer, mind, body, soul, spirit, because we are all of that. I said last week that you, we cannot separate the two. Your spirit is not separate from your, your, uh, your body, and your body is not separate from your soul, and, and so forth and so on. So you, you are a whole person. And it's important that we remember that, because as we feed our spirits with the Word of God, it should have a lasting impact on our souls, and it should, um, um, it should guide our bodies. Right, So as we teach, as our spirits are being taught, as our spirits are being taught and we are being led by the Spirit of God, then it should impact our souls. That's our heart. That's our thinking. That's our, our desires. That's our, our, uh, um, our wills. It should, it should impact that. And our wills and our desires and our spirits then should lead our bodies to do and not to do. So we are that whole person, and so we need to look at ourselves and consider ourselves as such. So uh, you can turn to Galatians chapter 5. We're going to start there as always. And as you're turning there, I just want to put us in remembrance of some things that we've been teaching so that we're able to flow into our new information this morning. Uh, as I said, we, we talked about a sinner being saved by grace, and I told you that this message is, is for the individual. Uh, we are talking about marriages. We were talking about the role of the spirit in the family. And we know that the family first starts with a husband and a wife. So it starts with that marriage, that institution of marriage that God has created. And then children come from that and then so on and so forth. But, but we're, we're ministering to the individual in the marriage. We're not, we're not ministering to uh, um, the marriage unit. We're in the, we're, we are ministering to the individuals who make up the marriage unit because we did say that this walk, although you choose as, as a married couple and you enter into an institution, that means that, that we are institutionalized together as partners. We're institutionalized together in this life, but our walk, the way we regulate our lives, the way we regulate our lives is solely up to us. Because we can all hear the same word. We all, we all hear the same word, but we don't all respond to the word uh, the same way. And so that's why I'm saying that we are ministering to the individuals in a marriage because it's the individuals in the marriage that make up the marriage. It's the individuals in the marriage that determine how that marriage will go. It's not the marriage unit that will determine it. It's the people in the marriage unit that will determine how that marriage will go. It will determine if it's a bad marriage or if it's a good marriage. It will determine if it's a, a marriage of, of God or if it's a marriage of this world. It's going to determine all of that, how you flow. But it's going to depend on the people in the, man, in the marriage, the man in the marriage, the woman in the marriage. And so some, and I told, we talked about uh, uh, um, how it's important uh, to not be unequally yoked. Now, now that's a word for those who are not married, who have not connected themselves to someone already. It's important that you not be unequally yoked. And that's not just 
with a with a uh, a romantic type of relationship. That's with any type of relationship, a friendship even. You should not be associated. You should not be unequally yoked with an unbeliever because that in in the relationship, at some points in their relationship, it is going to be a determining factor for something. It is going to be a make or break for something. It's going to, uh, um, it's going, you, you will encounter some struggles. You will encounter some challenges when you are not. And so here we're talking about that same thing. But, but, uh, uh, but, but now that we, we are, and again, I said we, we, sometimes we find ourselves in that situation. So we, we didn't hear the word. We didn't know that word uh, before we got married about, uh, about uh, being unequally yoked. And so now we find ourselves married to an unbeliever. Or, as I said, you both came into the marriage together as unbelievers. And now someone is saved or has gotten saved and someone is still not saved. The other spouse is still not saved. And then you have those who both have, have professed Christ. Both have professed Christ, but one is walking more closely, I'll say that, walking more closely with God than the other. One is, is, is uh, uh, purposing in their hearts and purposing in, in their lives to live the life that God has intended for them through the aid of the Holy Spirit, the leading and guiding of the Spirit, where the other one may not have gone that far. They're okay with just being saved, with God just forgiving them of their sins, and, and they, they have no, no hope. They, I mean, not, they, they have hope of going to, of going, they have hope of going to heaven, uh, maybe not necessarily doing everything that they need to do to get there, or to live the life that they need to live before they get there, living a defeated life before they get there, uh, because they have not accepted the full truth of the gospel. They have not embraced the gospel. They have not made resolutions in their hearts and resolutions in their lives. They have not made resolves to do the what, what God has intended or, or, or do the word to its to its fullest. They have not made a resolution to do the word to its fullest. They have not given their lives totally to God. That they may have left off, that they're leaving off some areas, that they, you know, some things that, that, that God can touch and some things that He cannot. When it, when it, when it, it is going to benefit me, when it's going to benefit me and, and, and my, uh, benefit me here and benefit me, meaning I, I believe that I'm going to heaven because, you know, I've accepted Him and because I've accepted, uh, salvation. But, they don't understand that some of the things that they're not doing, that they're not yielding their total selves to God, that they are living defeated lives because of it. So then you have, you have those in the marriage. Well, one person is operating that way, but then you have the other who's totally, totally trying to surrender their whole life to God, want every area of their life to be regulated by God's word and regulated by the spirit of God. And so here you see that that can also be a struggle in marriage and that can be a frustration. So we are ministering to all of those frustrations because it's frustrating too when you have accepted Christ and your, and your spouse has not accepted them at all and so now you have that dynamic going, going on although you went into marriage together perhaps as sinners but now one is saved one is not that can be a frustration and so we understand all of that and I told you that God God is he is concerned about your marriage because again it is a, an institution that he created for man and woman for husband and wife, he created that institution and he created it, that family unit, for a purpose. 
is for a purpose because as we are joined with believers and uh, uh, believers and we unite ourselves together then we are living a lifestyle of Christianity living a life of the believer living our lives as God has intended through his word being led by his spirit then our children are raised in that atmosphere we are examples for them and we're teaching them along the way so God is concerned he is concerned because we understand that marriages that's how we replenish the earth through marriage that is how we replenish the earth and God wants us to replenish the earth by producing after our kind producing after our kind but after our kind meaning in in, in his mind and the way that he thinks after our kind is in his likeness in his likeness and his image after his kind we produce we, we, we become those examples and now we're producing after our kind if that makes sense we are in Christ in his image and his likeness he is in us as we live our lives from day to day as we yield our vessels as we <clears throat> worship him we live our lives and we are examples of being in his image and in his likeness and then we're teaching our children to do the same which means that we are then producing ourselves reproducing ourselves and so that is the the key and that that is what that's what God intends of our our families but again we find ourselves in places where uh everyone is not saved the husband and wife someone isn't saved someone isn't saved someone isn't living the way that God intends for them to live and so uh here in Galatians chapter 5 uh we want to be reminded of of here Paul is talking to the churches of Galatia and um, again he ministered to them these are people who had accepted salvation and there were false prophets false teachers who came in false teachers who came in and they were trying to 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 get them to revert back to living out of the law uh, thinking that their deeds and, and them trying to to uh, keep the Ten Commandments and to keep all of the commandments that God had laid out for them, that that that, that was going to be their saving grace, that that was going to, to be the way that they would make it into heaven and, 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 and all of those things. And, and, and Paul was telling, he was reminding them, he said, no, that's, remember, that's not, that is not what I taught. That is not what I taught you. By the grace of God and through the Spirit of God, that is not what I taught you. I taught you that grace, that grace is what we live out of. Grace is what we live out of. Now, he's saying, I'm not telling you that because we are living by grace of grace and we have the freedom in grace, I'm not telling you to use that in occasion for your flesh. But I'm telling you that out of, out of, of, of those commandments, and, 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 and this is what, what we need to, to remember, too, is that remember the law and the commandment that came in the New Testament. He said that the greatest commandment, the greatest commandment is that you love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, your might, your strength. And the second is, like them too, that you would love the, your neighbor as yourself. He says those two things, loving God with all and loving your neighbor, those two things, those two commandments, that will fulfill, that will help you to fulfill the other law. Don't even worry about the other law. If you would just, just do that, if you would just love the Lord your God with all, 
And if you would love your neighbor, then all of the things, all of the, the, the don't do's that are in the laws, in the Ten Commandments, or otherwise. And, and he, the Ten Commandments were given to the Jews, but any commandment that is in the Scripture. If we would just hang, if we would just hang on to those two things and apply those two things, to love the Lord our God with all, and to love our neighbor as ourselves, then we can fulfill the commandments. We can fulfill the commandments. It is when, and we can do it consistently, and we can do it all the time. Now, I know listening today, like, no, we can't, we cannot do, you can if you would love the Lord your God with all, and allow the Spirit of God, because listen, we don't have to do anything within ourselves. That is what we don't remember. And again, we're talking about, we're talking about ministering to the Spirit of man right now. This is this main topic right now. And so we need to understand that it is not in our own strength. It's not in our own power that we are able to fulfill that, to love the Lord our God with all and to love our neighbor as ourselves. If we would allow the spirit of God that comes to live in us as we accept salvation, then we are able, we are more than able, we are well able to fulfill that commandment and to fulfill all the commandments in the Bible. And again, I hear you. I get it. I get it. But what you have to understand is that when we fall short, it's not because of what God hasn't done. When we fall short, it's not because of the word. Because that that word I just said, that's true. The Spirit, living by the Spirit, living, being led by the Spirit of God will keep you from from committing any sin being led by the spirit of God will keep you from uh, committing any sin against God and against man and will if you are led by the spirit consistently it's when we don't it's when we fall short because of our lust because of our selfishness because of whatever the worldly thinking that we have the worldly thinking that we have adopted and we have allowed to commingle with our christianity with our with our believing that is the only that's the only the, the lust of our flesh when we allow the, the lust of our flesh to get the best of us that when, when we do that that is when we fall short but again falling short on our part, has nothing to do with what God said and what can be done through his word. I know. I know. That is so hard for people to believe. But it's the truth. It's the truth. And then, we, 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 again, we like to rest on the fact that we are, we're human. We like to rest on the fact that we're this, and we like to rest on... God knew that. He, hey, he knows. Remember that Jesus came, and he lived on the... He knows. It says that he can be touched by our infirmities. He can be touched by our weaknesses. He knows our weaknesses. But that's why he gave the Spirit of God to come and live and rest in us. That's why he says to come boldly, approach the throne of God, approach the, 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 the uh, come boldly to the throne of grace, that you may obtain mercy in your time of need. So when we need it the most, God has mercy for us and he has that grace that is sufficient for all and in all in our lives. 
That grace, his grace, is sufficient. His spirit is sufficient for every area of our lives. And it's no, no different in this, what, I'm, what we're discussing now. Again, talking about those frustrations that come with being married to an unbeliever. He says that if you were to follow, I'm not, we're not talking about the other person. Remember, we're not talking about the, well, what about, well, what about this? And what about, what about that? Well, they're not saved and they're not doing this. And they are saved and they say that they're saved, and, but they're still doing this and they're still doing, we're not talking about the other person. <laughs> we're not talking about them. We're talking about you. We're talking about you and what you can do. What you can do. Not what you can't do. We're talking about what you can do. And so that is important. That's, that's, that's going to be key. That is key in our teachings. Galatians chapter 5. And we're going to start reading at verse 12. Verse 13. For brethren... Ye have been called unto liberty, only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but love, but, but by love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. But if ye bite and devour one another, take heed that ye be not consumed one of another. This I say then, walk in the spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusted against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other. So that ye cannot do the things that ye would. But if ye be led by the spirit, ye are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have told you in the past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and the lust. If we live in the Spirit, let us walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another, envying one another. That's a mouthful right there. And, and just in that, and I said that in this scripture, this is the teaching for the believer on how a believer should live and govern their lives. This in particular, this in particular, it is a teaching about how the individual person who is saved should govern their lives regardless of who they are married to. Regardless of who you are married to, you are to live your life and God expects for you to live a life as a believer. He expects for you as the believer to live out his commandments. To live out the truth of the word of God. To use the word, apply it to your life and regulate your life based on his word. That is what he expects. Again, regardless of who you're married to. Regardless. And I'm trying to, and this, I'm trying to drive this home. I'm trying to drive that home because we get, and I get it, I understand, because you, you're living with a person that you have to see every day. 
and you're trying to navigate this life that, that, that we're living. You're trying to navigate this life with someone that, that, that has an influence in your life. And, and so I understand. I understand that it becomes difficult. It becomes difficult. But let me tell you, and this brings us to, this brings us to our, our, uh, our objective and our, the principles that's governing, governing this teaching. I told you that the one principle is to learn how to navigate being married to an unbeliever or someone who is not saved or someone who has less of a desire to live a principled life being led by the Spirit than you while you stay under God's authority. You have to navigate that while you stay under God's authority. I told you that the principles that are governing this teaching is stewardship. We have to be stewards over our marriages. God expects that. That is his plan to fulfill our lives. And then I said the, the, the uh, principle of, of, of authority. That's his plan to protect our lives. We have to stay up under his authority and what he has ordered and what he has established and what he has said about marriage. We have to stay under that authority so that we can be protected. And as we stay and as we operate in the roles that God has intended, whatever your role is as the believer, whether you're the, you're the, the husband or the, or, the, or the wife, Regardless of which role, when you stay in your role and, 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 and do as God has called you to do in that order, that is his plan to protect your life. His plan to protect your life. And then we said that we're uh, also under the, the uh, principle of unconditional love. Again, trying to navigate this life with an unbeliever. Trying to navigate, but you still have to live unconditionally unconditional love for that person. And then we said the principle of obedience, just under, getting this word under our belt, understanding what God is saying about this particular situation. When you're in that kind of, of, uh, of situation, being obedient to God's word, purposing in your mind to be obedient to God's word, that's God's plan to reward your life. And then we said the principle of agreement, that whatever God says about this situation, Whatever he says, I am going to agree with it. I'm going to attach my will to it. It's his will. I'm going to attach my will. I am going to see it through. I'm going to obey. I'm going to obey. I'm going to use it to steward my marriage. I'm going to stay up under God's authority and stay in the position that God had created in this marriage of institution. I'm going to stay in that role that he has established. And that is God, that is, that's, that's, those are all of the things, those are all of the things that we want to remember as, as the principles that's leading this teaching. Remember those things. And then we started talking about, uh, uh, um, we got into, started getting to the nitty gritty of, of this is, is, is number one. So what, what, what does God expect? So we said how to navigate. How do I navigate this? How do I navigate this? The first point. The first point that I brought up is, one, we do not seek to be free from the marriage. Do not seek to be free from the marriage. And I told you, don't get ahead of me because God has made some allocations. There are some reasons for getting a divorce. There's some reasons, but there are God's reasons and not man's. It's God's reason and not man's. And it's not all of what you think. I said that last week is that, that sometimes that we, 
uh, um, we tend to bend the word. We tend to use the word, misuse the word to try to uh, um, fulfill the lust of our flesh. We try to use the word to to um, to make what we want to do right. We try to use the word to manipulate a situation. We try to use the word to uh, um, to govern an evil purpose or to, to, to go about doing something that is evil, something that is not right in, in, in the eyes of God, not right. But we try to use the word and twist the word so that it can help to benefit our cause, to benefit our selfishness, to benefit what it is that we want to do. And that is, that is unproper. It's unproper. And God is not, he is not accepting those things from you. He is not accepting those things from you. So listen, listen to this. Uh, uh, verse 16, Galatians 5. Let's look at verse 16. It says, This I say then, to walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. It did not say that the lust of the flesh would not be there. It says you would not fulfill the lust of the flesh if you walk by the Spirit. We can be tempted. Again, we're talking about in, in this context we're talking about with, with marriage. There are times we could be tempted to do something. Tempted to say something out of line and out of order. Tempted to say something that could hinder the progress instead of help the progression. Tend to, to say and do things that would cause division in the marriage, cause strife in the marriage unnecessarily when we could just allow the Spirit of, of God to do what He does in our lives and in the lives of our spouse. We have to, we have to yield ourselves to be led by the Spirit, but then we have to trust in God to work on the other individual. It's not your job. And that's why I said sometimes we, we manipulate the scriptures and we, 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 we say things and we do things to try, in, in our minds, to try to help the situation along. When all, when all that time, what you're really doing is hindering the, you're getting in God's way. And you're hindering the progress that He is trying to make. You're hindering His will. You're hindering, uh, His plan. You know that God, God wants your spouse, God wants your spouse saved more than you do. Because they have a greater purpose than just being in that marriage. They have a greater purpose than just being in that marriage. So yes, God wants your, your spouse saved more than you do. Yes, he does. And we don't think about that. And, and we get in his way. We, we try to do, you know, again, because it's benefiting us. If, if our spouse is saved, that's going to benefit us. Yes, I totally agree. It will benefit you. It will cause you less frustration. However, that is not your work to do. It's not your work to do. It is God's work to do. Just like he worked in you, it's his work to do in your spouse. It's not your work. That, look, listen, that is not your business. That's not your business. That's God's business. You have a part to play. Now, you might, you might be uh, an associate, like Walmart has their associates. You might be an associate, but the business is Walmart's. It's not their business. They have a part to play. 
in that business. But they take direction from headquarters. <laughs> An associate can't in Walmart, they can't go in. And I don't know if I'm supposed to be saying it. You know, I don't know. You may have to, I don't know, bleep that out. I don't know. This live, I forgot. Anyway, uh, but, but anyway, the associate cannot do what they want to do at Walmart. They have to follow whatever guidelines are laid out. They can't decide, well, no, today, no, I, I think I want this on this aisle today. I want this on that aisle today. Oh, no, 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 we're doing 75% off today. No, we're not doing... They, they can't make any of those determinations. What, what's going to go on clearance? They, they can't make any of those determinations. They have to take their direction from headquarters. The same thing with you. As an associate with God, as a friend of God, as a worker together with God, you have to take your direction from Him. Being led by the Spirit. You have to take your direction from Him. You can't determine, okay, today I want my spouse saved. Actually, yesterday I wanted him or her saved. And then you try to do what you need to do. You try to to guide and you try to manipulate and you try to do all of those things to get your spouse to where you think they need to be. Remember, no, no, no. It is God. He directs. He directs. He wants them saved more than you do. And he knows how to do it. He knows how to orchestrate it to where it is a, uh, uh, um, it sticks. He knows how to do it to where it is eternal. He knows how to do that. You don't. Because you could, depending on the person, you could do all you can, all that manipulation, all that stuff you do. You could do it, and they could change for a little while, but it's not, it's not going to be anything that is eternal. It's not going to be anything that's lasting. Because they could be just doing, just trying to shut you up. But when God does it, when he orchestrates it, when he is the master of the plan then it is going to be something that will be eternal. Something that is going to be lasting and you will benefit from it tremendously. Tremendously. But what you're trying to do, you think you're going to benefit from it, but you won't. As a matter of fact, it just might backfire. It will backfire. Because it won't be anything that's lasting. It won't be anything that's permanent. It won't be anything that's real for your spouse. And until, just like you, until they make it real and make it their own, it's nothing. It's nothing. They can confess all they want, but it's nothing until they have made it real in their lives. Listen to this. I didn't say that you wouldn't have those desires. Those desires don't go away. They may very well, the desire to, you know, to uh, any, any, any desire, any desire of the flesh. It may be present with you for all the days of your life. But remember that what you think on the longest is what becomes strongest in your life. Remember that. Remember that. It's been said to us time and time again that what we think on the longest, it becomes strongest in our life. And this is for anything in our lives. Think about the teachings for or, or, or next gen. Think about all of these things. Think about what you've been le- le- uh, hearing on Sunday morning. Think about what you've been hearing on Wednesdays. What you think on the longest will become the strongest in your life. Thinking on it, feeding it, it gives it strength. When you think on it, when you feed it, it gives it strength. Versus ignoring it, versus replacing it with something else. Besides just ignoring it, not giving it so much attention, starving it, 
it will weaken. If you don't give it attention, if you don't feed it, it will starve. It will starve. And if it starves, then eventually it dies. If it starves, and, and think about naturally, our natural bodies. If we don't feed it, if we ignore it, if we don't feed it, if we don't give it attention, at first it's going to starve. Starvation will set in. And then eventually it dies. It's like anything, that's anything, anything in life, anything that life that lives, anything that life that lives, if you feed it, if you give attention to it and you feed it, it will be strengthened. But if you starve it, it will die. It will become too weak to make a difference. Again, remember what we're talking about. We're talking about those lusts. We're talking about those, those things that we try to use to manipulate. We talk about all, all of those things, those things that may not even necessarily be sin, but things that are just not expeditious, things that, 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 that are, are, will hinder the progress and the work of, of the Lord. Anything, anything of that such, if we starve it, it will weaken, and eventually it will die. But if we feed it, it will continue to grow. Being led by the Spirit involves the desire to hear. Being led. What we're talking about now, being led by the Spirit. What does that mean? The desire, being led by the Spirit, it involves the desire to hear. The desire. You have to first have a desire to hear from the Spirit of God. You have to want to. Have a desire to hear from the Spirit of God. Then you have to have the readiness to obey what you hear. You have to have the readiness to obey God's Word. So you first have to have a desire. And so listen, and, and again... God knows the heart of man. He knows his people. He knows who's his. He knows who has a desire to hear from him. He knows who has a desire to be led by him. He knows that. You have to first have a desire. Then you have to have the readiness to obey. The readiness to obey God's word. The readiness to obey how you're being led. The readiness. And then you have to have the sensitivity. Sensitivity. To discern between your feelings and God's promptings. That is key. That is key. Listen, being led by the Spirit of God. You have to first have a desire to hear. A desire to hear from the Spirit of God. That means I have to make room for the Spirit to to, to be able to hear Him. That means I have to give place. I have to give place to the Spirit to be able to teach me. Because remember that God, God speaks in still, quiet voices. I'm not talking about here, like, like this is the word. This, this word is going to undergird what the Spirit of God is going to give you. It's not going to be anything different. And, and the, listen, in the times that you need it the most, it's when God will, will bring up those things in your spirit what you hear. And it's not going to be like audible, like I'm like you hear me now. But it's going to be a still, something still, something quiet in your spirit. But you've got to be quiet enough to be able to hear it. <laughs> you've got to be quiet enough to be able to hear it. That means that you can't overtalk the Holy Ghost. That means you've got to listen to the Holy Ghost. You have to have that desire. Listen, I don't want to be a hindrance. I don't want to be a hindrance. I want to hear what the Spirit of the Living God is saying, and then I got to be ready to obey. So when the when the when the, when the, 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 when the Lord tells you, He brings up in the Scripture where she said that sometimes you just got to be quiet. 
that sometimes you can't, you can't manipulate the situation. He's going to bring that up in a still, small, quiet voice. He's going to bring up uh, 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 this scripture about the flesh, the flesh being contrary to the spirit. He's going to bring, he's going to bring those things up in you. And then you got to be ready to obey. You can't ignore it. Be wanting to be led by the spirit. You can't ignore it. Let that sink in. Because we hear from God. A lot of us, we hear from God. We hear, it's plain, as, as if it's audible, the way you hear me talking. We can hear from God. We can hear the Spirit of God saying, do not do that. Don't say that. Don't do that. Just be quiet. We can hear it. And we push it. Oh, no, I got to say something. Oh, no, I can't let that slip by. Oh, no, then he's going to take advantage of me. She's going to take advantage. Oh, no, I can't let that. Right there, that was not a readiness to obey. <laughs> that was not a readiness to obey. You might have had a desire to hear, and God gave you what you needed to hear, but you didn't have the readiness to obey. You have to have that readiness. Again, put all of this together with all the messages that you've been hearing. Hold on to it. You have to have a readiness to obey. And then you have to have a sensitivity to discern when it's your feelings or when it's God's prompting. I got to say something. I got to say something. You know, in my spirit, you know, we can always say that. We can lie on the spirit. So it's, it's, it's in my spirit to say, you know what? Stop lying. It's one thing to be led by the spirit. But you know what? If you're led by the spirit, anybody that's led by the spirit, they don't have to say, oh, it's in my spirit. It's in my spirit. They don't have to say that. They don't have to say that. Who are you trying to convince? That you're being led by the spirit. Who are you trying to convince by saying it? You're trying to convince yourself. Is it your feelings or is it God's prompting? Is it your feelings or is it God's prompting? That's being led by the Spirit of God. We're talking about, we're talking about being led. Led by the Spirit. So, number one, do not seek to be free from the marriage. I brought up uh, 2 Corinthians, and we're not going to go there, but 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14, it talks about being unequally yoked with unbelievers. Verse 17, it states that we have to come out and be separate from among them. And I said that those are scriptures that we use. The scriptures that we use to try to manipulate a situation. Turn to, to Mark chapter 10. So why are you asking about 2 Corinthians chapter 17, or 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 6, verse 14, and, and verse 17? Let's, let's, what, what about Mark 10? Let's turn to Mark 10. And so we, we started talking last week about, about this in Mark chapter 10. And I told you that from the very beginning, from the very beginning, it was not so that God would have man, man and woman, husband and wife, to divorce. And in Mark chapter 10... Verse 2, and the Pharisees came to him and asked him, is it lawful for a man to put away his wife, tempting him? And he answered and said unto them, what did Moses command you? 
And they said Moses suffered to write a bill of divorcement and to put her away. And Jesus answered and said unto them, For the hardness of your heart, he wrote you this precept. But from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and they twain shall be one flesh. So then they are no more twain, but one flesh. What therefore God hath joined together, let no man put asunder. And I told you that here in verse 9, that what is not who. He said what God has joined together. And that is the covenant of two in a marriage. That is the marriage institution. That is what he put together. He says, what God has joined together, this marriage institution, let no man put asunder. Let verse, uh, let's, let's go to verse uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 7. And we're going to see. So again, I told you that, that the word of God, it has an allotment here. It has an allotment, and it teaches us some things about governing and navigating this life, living as a believer when you are married to an unbeliever. In 1 Corinthians chapter 7, let's start looking, let's start reading at verse 10. And the scripture reads, And unto the married I command, and again this is Paul talking, And unto the married I command, ye not, Yet not I, but the Lord. Let not the wife depart from her husband. And if she depart, let her remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband. And let not the husband put away his wife. So here we see that Paul is saying, he says, I'm teaching this. But this is not my commandment. I'm not teaching under my own authority here. I'm teaching the word of God. And basically, uh, uh, Paul is just addressing and he's just restating the things that are, were, are stated in Genesis chapter 2. He's, all, he's just restated Genesis chapter 2 verse 24. And he's also restate, uh, restating uh, what, what uh, was, was said in, in here in, in Mark chapter 10. He was restating that, and Jesus said that in Mark chapter 10. God said it in the beginning, but Jesus said it in Mark chapter 10. So all he was doing was restate, simply restating what God had already commanded. He says that here, what I'm teaching is about what God has commanded. This is not about what I'm saying. I'm saying it, but it's about what God has commanded. Under his leader, under the leadership of God, Paul was stating these things. Verse 12, he said, uh, verse 12, he says, But to the rest speak I, not the Lord. If any brother, and I need to address this, and I think after, after I, I say this, we're going to have to end. But he says, But to the rest, he says, Now the rest of what, what I just said, that's a commandment from God. That's a commandment from Jesus Christ. And he said that. I'm only repeating what he said from, under, from, from his authority. That is what he said. In verse 12, he says, But the rest, he says, what, what am I about to tell you right now? What I'm about to say right now, I speak it, not the Lord. But go to verse 40. Jump down to verse, verse 40. It says, um, yes, it says, but she is happier if she so abide. After my judgment, this is the latter part of what I want you to see. After my judgment, I think also that I have the Spirit of God. So we know Paul. Paul wrote, what, three-fourths of the book of the Bible? God entrusted him. God, he walked with God. He was an apostle. He was an apostle that was appointed by God. He heard from the living God. 
And he says, listen, this what I'm about to say right now, going back to, to verse 12. The rest of this, I speak. It's not the Lord. I'm speaking it. But it's, he says, but what I'm saying, and what he's saying is that what I'm about to say is the best advice you're going to get because the Lord didn't address it. Uh, explicitly like this he gave us the great and listen the greatest commandment the greater commandment what he gave about uh, about uh, uh, becoming twain about you know the, this institution of marriage that it's for life it's to death do you part he's, I'm not that I'm not touching I'm not we are not negating that at all what I'm about to say is secondary to that what I'm about to say is secondary Secondary to what the command of the Lord already is. So when we start this teaching, when we're gonna, we, and we're gonna just pick up. I'm not gonna go do a whole lot of reviewing next week. We're just gonna pick up right here in First Corinthians chapter seven because we need to understand and we need to hear. We need to hear again what God is saying to us as it relates to those frustrations that we've been talking about. Listen, this week, hold on to this. This week, I just want you to concentrate on being led by the Spirit. Just concentrate. (laughs) Put all of your concentration right there. I'm going to be sensitive to the Spirit of God, sensitive to what the leading of the Spirit, and not allow my feelings and my flesh to get in the way. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.